<clears throat> almost every time I work on something, I pretty much write, I write it out word for word. <clears throat> um, so you think I know how long it takes, but I, I never, never rehearse it. So I apologize if it's a little shorter than it should be. Um, <clears throat> not a couple weekends ago, Brother Larry Brown um, spoke on the subject of wisdom. And uh, just before that Sunday that he had spoken, I just started a study um, on the series of wisdom literature. So primarily the three uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. Um, and what I was following was pretty cursory study um, of, each, of each book that helped distinguish the themes that each presents to the reader. And so generally, they're, they're books that would help a Christian address questions like, how should I live in the world? What's, uh, what does good living look like? If I tried to live wisely, uh, what should I expect? Uh, issues on a micro level to help us uh, while, while we as individuals go about our lives. So while we raise a family, uh, building a set of job skills and building a career um, and dealing with difficult people or difficult situations. And what stands out about these uh, wisdom, the wisdom literature is that it's, it's almost like a little annex from the rest of the story of um, the Israelites, but it's written for them. And they, um, I mean, it, it was written for them and, it, and it's included and then it's included in the canon for, for us um, as well as it was for them. And so even though they were written so long ago, they still carry applications for us today. When life doesn't go our way or when something terrible happens, we ask ourselves in those moments, where is God in all of this? And so the, the way these three books interact with one another is really interesting because there's a bit of tension that's created between these books and the message that each of them um, gives us. So, for example, uh, we turn to Proverbs 13.9. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. And that was the New King James. The message here uh, is essentially saying live righteously and you get to enjoy prosperity and happiness. Um, conversely, if you're wicked and we'll say unwise, uh, then you'll die young. What we would gather from that. Then we get to Job, of course. And we have this very righteous man who lives the way he should but yet endures terrible things, pain and suffering. We as the reader understand why and what's happening to him. However, Job throughout the entire book never discovers why. So if you turn to Job 21, 17, how often is the lamp of the wicked put out? How often does their destruction come upon them? The sorrows God distributes in his anger. So it's a, there's a direct reference to the very verse that we just uh, read in Proverbs. Um, so they, it's almost like they communicate with each other, but they, they have different messages, but they're still intertwined in a way. And these passages are a good example of the author speaking, um, the author speaker saying, not that the book of Proverbs doesn't work, uh, but rather sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. So if there's no... There's no system to adhere to, or if there's not a guaranteed system that works, then what's the point? And I don't have a definitive answer for what is the main point. I just, I'm gleaning from what I've gathered. Um, that one point being made is that together these books give an honest account of the 
the true human experience. You can't just read one of these books uh, in isolation from the others. That's too narrow of a scope. Um, the following was said by Christopher Wright. The most challenging difference between the wisdom writings and the rest of the Old Testament arises when wisdom authors express doubts about or question the validity of some of the mainline affirmations of other parts of the Bible. And yet, this is precisely the purpose of this material in the canon of Scripture, to compel us towards an honest faith that's willing to acknowledge the presence of doubts we cannot dismiss and questions we can't always fully answer, given our human limitation, end quote. So, as we go through our lives and run into obstacles and trials, it doesn't mean that God isn't real or isn't faithful, but rather life's more complex than we first thought. And we need to take that into account. We have to confront that. The second point um, is to understand our extremely limited understanding and scope of wisdom. The story of Job, a Cliff Notes version, uh, begins with the righteous man we know, <clears throat> the most righteous we can imagine. And then we're given access to what you would call the situation room up above, where um, it's brought before God that Job is only the way he is because of God's blessings. And if they were removed, he would surely turn on God. And <clears throat> you pick up on the faulty logic of depending on that guaranteed system that we uh, mentioned before. If I do this or live this way, uh, then we'll be rewarded. So the Lord allows Job to undergo suffering to test his commitment to God. He holds out in the beginning and never falters, uh, but eventually he does give in to his frustration, which, by the way, is aggravated by his friends who in, just insist over and over again that it must be because of Job, uh, Job being unrighteous. And there's really no nuance to their um, accusations. They're all saying the same thing. There's three of them. But we, the readers, know he is a good man. We, we're never in doubt of that. Uh, we know from the reading and God states that he's a good man, a righteous man. So he's not suffering for any any wrongdoing of his own. Um, so then Job eventually cries out that God is being unjust because he knows he's been righteous. His friends are insisting that, that he's done something wrong, but he knows he's righteous. And so if this system doesn't work and I'm being righteous, then God must be unjust. And so he lets out his frustration and cries out to God. And, and the Lord responds to Job by reminding him who he, the Lord God, is, and uh, Job reacts as he should in this situation and apologizes and recognizes that he was out of line. In the end, uh, we know what happens. Job is again exalted and not just restored, but elevated to an even better station. <clears throat> and so my children, were, from a young age, were all taught to live righteously and uh, I think we sometimes fall prey to the idea that if this, then that. Uh, so when something happens, we feel is unjust. We, uh, we can, we tend to turn away or we're tempted to turn away and question what the whole point of it all is. And we believe that there's a moral universe and we expect it to behave accordingly, uh, which is foolish because that was the very argument Satan used in Job. <clears throat> so we see Job, a righteous man, suffer greatly. And in the end, gets to confront the Lord about it. He receives an answer, not a reason for why he was suffering, but an answer to remind him of how insignificant he is compared to the Almighty. So Job can endure all that he did and still maintain that the Lord is faithful 
If he can do that, then surely we who are hardly righteous can endure our suffering and, and suffer well. So Job needed that confrontation with God to bring him back down to that, that level of acceptance. Um, Christ did not. He knew he was just. And he was uh, willingly on the cross and submitted to God's will and had an uh, understanding. Um, however, I, I wanted to point out one last thing uh, that stood out to me. It's, it's done in many books, I'm sure, throughout the Bible. Um, but I've only just recently seen it in Job. And even in Psalms, uh, how often God is questioned. And it seems presumptuous a lot of times to me, maybe to you as well. Why are you allowing this? Why have you forsaken uh, that? Suffering suffering makes you curious. And it seems like from what we can read in the Bible, being inquisitive is, in fact, a healthy part of prayer. You lift up these our aches, our groanings to the Father. We have things that we we battle with and that we struggle with. We don't know how to reconcile in our mind, and it all comes back to um, understanding that our 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 limited scope of His wisdom um, won't allow us to understand everything. And even Jesus, in His dying hour, asked God the Father a question. So uh, that was all I had for us tonight. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we strive to to live by the letter of your word. We ask for your help and comfort as we endure trials and suffering. Remind us in those moments, Lord, that you are wise and beyond our comprehension and are a faithful and loving father.